this Friday. Your favorite emotions are back on the big screen in Disney and Pixar's Inside Out 2. It's time to greet your Team Riley. It's anger. Let me at him. Fear. Safety checklist is complete. Disgust. Ew, ew. Ugh. Sadness is in the house. Oh, no. Hello, I'm anxiety. I'm one of Riley's new emotions. Disney and Pixar's Inside Out 2. There's a part two? We're going. Ready PG. Parental guidance suggested. Only theaters Friday. Get tickets now. We took it all. We brought them to our land. An endless night. Ember hot and icy cold. The rage of the earth. We made this curse. Carved it in the blood on our backs. We did not see. We could not, but she did. And in the end... What will I become? Senwa Saga. Hellblade 2. Play it now with Game Pass. You're listening to the AfterBuzz TV Network. Now the largest new media platform on the web and your number one source for after-show entertainment. From the AfterBuzz studios in Los Angeles, California, presented by Maria Menounos and streaming live thanks to Akamai Technologies, this is AfterBuzz TV's Parenthood After Show. We'll break down tonight's episode and get you all the latest news and gossip. And now, another post-game wrap-up show for your favorite TV show. It's AfterBuzz TV's Parenthood After Show. May God bless and keep you always. May your wishes all come true. May you always do for others. And others do for you. I love you. Bill loves this intro. He's dancing, too. What's up, everybody? We are here doing Parenthood. Welcome back. Season 5, Episode 5, Let's Be Mad Together. Hello, everyone. I'm Marissa Serafini, and with me, I have my lovely co-host. Welcome back, Thank Danica. you. I am so happy to be back. I'm Danica Kennedy. And I'm Tiana Hobson. Awesome. Yes, we're all here again. I'm so Yay. Happy. Sorry I missed last week. Oh, no. No and worries. And the week before. And the week before. <laughs> I'm back. <laughs> But yes, we're we're finally back, fine, and Parenthood Thursday nights. It just makes me happy. Uh, what did you think of this episode overall? It seemed like a more serious episode, but it was still enjoyable. We were talking about how this season in general is a little bit angrier than Tearjerker. Do you feel that way? Agree. Yeah, yeah. There's a lot of lots of fighting, high tension, high tension, and frustrations with frustration. Each other. I was talking to a friend on Twitter earlier today, and I was like, I haven't my cry count for parenthood this season is zero how is that possible tonight ryan almost got me at the end with his little speech um but other than that that was the closest i've been to crying this season so far yeah i felt more bad for max and christina near the end of the episode but we'll get to that let's just start with crosby and adam they're at the luncheonette and adam we actually start Kind of the episode with Adam says, hey, I got the rights for the three All-American Rejects songs in exchange for Crosby's two-hour sessions in the in the recording studio. And Crosby's not too happy about that. Yeah, that's 72 billable hours. That's a lot of money for them to not get, you know, especially at this point with the luncheonette, the status of their 
business is still new and oh, yeah. you know 72 billable hours i mean he I should have confronted him first before doing it but it worked out in the end luckily so i think it was a good move oh yeah and the fact that crosby didn't really believe in adam like i didn't believe you could do it but he actually pulled it off makes me question their business partnership if one doesn't really trust the other or have enough faith in the other to do something. Yeah. They make up for it. I mean, that happened later on with that same topic. Crosby Mm -hmm. acted like a little baby, stormed out ahead of time. And he was being extremely unprofessional. But the next day, when he came back to the recording studio, he made up for it. He brought in all these albums explaining these are amazing artists that didn't have all these fancy things fluffing up their albums. Mm -hmm. And they were amazing. And you guys are talented and you don't need it. Yeah, what do you think of the All-American Rejects <laughs> coming back? Yeah. I, I thought that was cool. The and how Ashes of Rome. They're still being kind of divas in the recording studio. Yeah, I think it was mostly Oliver. I think that was his name. but um, The Troublemaker. I, yeah, the Troublemaker. Mm-hmm. Lead singers of bands are always the divas, you know, especially on TV shows. They're always the one acting out and wanting all these demands. Like, I want it to sound like... What did he say? It was... Oh, I wrote it down. He was like, I want it Daft Punk, Kanye, with a mix of T-Rex. And it's like, oh, okay. What does that even mean? What does that sound like in your mind? Please explain, elaborate. And I could understand Crosby's frustration because he is the music guy. I mean, he's already having issues with this band before they were even, you know, a part of their system. And now he has to deal with it even more. Even more. I mean, he has to be be the producer. Yeah, he has to be the producer. I'd be a little... I probably wouldn't have had the best of spirits either working with them. But you don't storm out like that, no. that unprofessional. I need to buy diapers for my baby. It's like, you're the baby. Fighting, you need fighting with your right business now. partner and your brother in front of your clients. They can. We took it all. We brought them to our land. An endless night. Ember hot and icy cold. The rage of the earth. We made this curse. Carved it in the blood on our backs. We did not see. We could not, but she did. And in the end, what will I become? Senwa Saga. Hellblade 2. Play it now with Game Pass. Actually see that. And we saw the lead singer kind of making fun of them. That they're arguing. That was very unprofessional. Especially with your first big client. And you're starting a business together. Or starting a label. You don't want the that bad word getting out yeah, with the other bands but if they want to sign anyone else. I kind of feel like Adam started it. He Adam could have been the one to say, hey, let's move this here. But Adam started it in the booth. So that's where it kind of had to happen at. So I'm kind of on Team Crosby at this point because he's frustrated with the band. They're not listening to him. They've been recording the same song for three weeks. And he's and just like, look, it's fine. Like, I... I have a life and I'm not going to sit here and listen to this again when we already have it and he's never going to be happy. I kind of understood. I was team Crosby on this. I thought he, he did kind of storm out, but he told them, Hey, look, we got it. We're good. He left before he did anything really bad, which is agreed. Adam's reaction was really funny. He was just like five minutes. Uh, back. Back. I was like, oh, God, is Adam going to try and, like, engineer this right now? No. Because that, that would be, thing. That would that be funny. Happen. Yeah, and I, I, I can see where Crosby's coming from. He's frustrated, but the way he handled it was not professional. You don't 
storm out just like that. Oh yeah, yeah. I'm actually, I actually can leave. You know, just playing with that. That was. But Adam said, not... like, basically treated him like a child and said, "You're not allowed to leave here. They're equal partners in this business. You can't mm-hmm. tell him." If someone told me I wasn't allowed to do something and I'm a grown adult, I'd be like, "Oh." Yes, I can. Watch me as I go. That's exactly yeah. what he did. Yeah, Ooh, that's I'm he... crossing over yeah. the door <laughs> frame. Yeah. It's like, what, what do you do? You know, you'll like, yeah. ah, I'm not oh, touching you. Oh, it's a store. What, what? Open. <laughs> so, uh, but then Crosby kind of goes out and talks with Joel a little bit, and we'll get into Joel's storyline, but he has this realization in the car ride, and he's listening to music, and then he comes back to the studio, and the you mentioned that the lead singer wanted, like, Daft Punk and T-Rex, mm-hmm. But then Crosby comes back with all these old school artists, big name artists, Beatles, Nirvana, and uh, who, who else? Uh, Springsteen. Mm-hmm. And they said that he, um, they made all these amazing records on shoe, what, what was the shoe term? Shoe string budget. Like made out of nothing. It and was just it became, the talent, not over. The talent, the creativity. And that's what they have, that the All American Rejects have. And that's what they sold them. And I think that the, that what Parenthood does so great is taking real life and putting it into there because a lot of the music that's on the radio right now is overproduced and it's all theatrics and, you know, it's all this stuff where you think you need the Daft Punk and Kanye West with the Marvin Gaye, you know, melody underneath it when all you really need is something simple. Sometimes that's all it takes and they kind of, you know, put a real life situation into this and kind of brought it up it's refreshing in this day and age too because everything on the radio is so overly computerized it's all auto-tune mm-hmm. special effects it's kind of nice all to hear produced. some real music yeah i'd like to hear singers actual voice to see if they can actually sing it sounded know? like they could sing yeah yeah i mean all american rejects we know that yeah. they can sing yeah exactly so. that's what i'm saying like, we, we know, got a little nice taste to of that. hear it without all that other crap factoring in and that's what Crosby wanted he wanted just a smooth sound so mm-hmm. he's able to finally he had to step away from the situation get his composure and then come back with you know in a nice way lay out like this is what we're aiming for you guys can achieve this even though you're a butthead <laughs> um he didn't say butthead um <laughs> he's willing to work yeah with he's willing to work with them and you know he is a good singer so they can make something happen exactly and I love how Yes, Adam thinks the business side and gets the things done in that way, but then Crosby has the creative aspect to it. So that that was nice how they finally just got to the agreement at the end. It was like, all right, let's just make music. Yeah. So, so I just want to take a quick minute to thank everyone on iTunes for rating and commenting. We're getting all great comments and also on YouTube as well. So please go onto iTunes, search Afterbus TV Parenthood Podcast. Rate us five stars. We love five stars. And then let us know what we're doing good, what we're doing bad, and how we can improve on that. And tell us what you think of these crazy Bravermans. Because <laughs> like, they're all amazing, and we, we love talking about them. <laughs> so so please do that. Uh, all right, so let's get into Joel and Julia. They're having some problems lately, these Very past tense. few episodes. Yeah. It's, it, I think we saw a little bit of a breaking point tonight. With their relationship. At least, yeah. So, uh, Joel, he's working on his big contracting project and with Pete. Who's too flirty with him. A little bit, um, A little too forward, I think. But Pete's yeah. being uh, kind of a problem maker. 
she's kind of indecisive making all these decisions. You know, we should change windows here and here and just kind of taxing Joel's company and his his men because they're overworking and they're not getting any profit out of it because they're overworking and no one's paying for all these uh, different adjustments that they're making to the project. And Julia brings up the fact that Pete might be taking advantage of you. I think there is a little bit of taking advantage going on here. I think we've all, well, not all of us, but there's always situations where, you know, someone kind of tests to see how far they can kind of push you before you break. And I get that Pete is an architect and that it's a work in progress, but you kind of need someone like Julia in your corner who, you know, is the lawyer who's like, look, you need to be billing for this because it's not part of your original plan. Like your bid is your bid. Yes. But if the architect keeps changing things then that changes your bid and so you're gonna have to go back for more money or else they're gonna lose that awesome house that they live in with their two kids just saying they're gonna end up moving back in with zeke and camille which zeke would love but camille (laughs) would be like no i wanted a condo (laughs) (laughs) ruining her life oh goodness but so pete's being all coy and being like uh how about we discuss all these boundaries her vocabulary boundaries um, over dinner and martinis. martinis. And do you think that it's was not clear how she said it too? Like, yeah. let's go talk about our boundaries. It's like, do you mean the house? Do you mean us in our Personal relationship? Boundaries. So he keeps dropping, oh, my wife. And then she's like, oh, is your wife saying this? Is <laughs> your she wife running this? Is she involved? And then she even said something weird when they were at dinner. Uh, about the whole wife situation, she was like, well, the marriage between us and our relationship over the next few years mm-hmm. as partners, and then she kept going on. It's like, you don't just drop words like that with your business partner and get drunk with them. No. Especially if you're not on the clock and getting paid for it. No, and your marriage. And I, I thought that that was interesting how she threw a marriage in there. But like, well, you're also married to me now. And then I was like, I don't know. No, it's not No, the that's same. shady. That's shady. I think this early in their relationship, it's a little soon to be calling it a marriage. Exactly. Right now, they're kind of dating because, like she said, their businesses are dating. Because, Mm -hmm. like she said, if this one goes well, then there'll be another one, and then there'll be another one, and, like, they can continue for years and years. So, right now, they're still dating to see if they even like each other and if it's going to work. So, don't don't call it a marriage yet. And that was a fancy dinner date. That was Fancy. That was way too fancy. I just kept thinking, oh no, someone's going to see them and tell Julia and she's going to That's what I thought was going to happen. I thought someone else in the family was going <laughs> to run know. into them. Because you know, if something happens to one person, everyone knows everyone, about it. Especially with the braver man. But I love drunk Joel. <laughs> oh my goodness. really funny. That was so Crosby awesome. runs into him at the grocery store and he's just staring at the cakes. <laughs> super drunk. And they start talking and Crosby obviously knows that he's been drinking, but okay. he's like, how you feeling, buddy? Just, mm-hmm. how's it going? And he's like, I've had a little to drink. Oh, really? Yeah, <laughs> I'm drunk. Yes. Never looked at these cakes before. And then he eats just the corner of it <laughs> and leaves it on the counter. So the next morning, Julia's like, finds out. So can you explain the cake? 
<laughs> and he tries to come up with an excuse, and he's just like, "I was drunk. He can't yeah, even drunk troll is don't even like... try to lie with Julia. She's a lawyer. She yeah, can she call knows. your bluff at any moment. And drunk Joel kind of reminds me of like a high person. Because <laughs> at first I was like, wasn't he drinking? How did he get stoned all of a sudden? Why is he staring at these? <laughs> I cakes? thought the same thing. <laughs> Yeah, my question was, like, how did he get to the grocery store? And I was like, did he drive there? And then they said it was yeah. across the street. I was like, okay, good. They're being responsible. Because I thought that was so out of character to Joel get drunk out in public, not really yeah. caring about himself. have the cake soak up the alcohol. That's why he needed a cake. You know, I the understand bread, that. The moisture, you know, absorb mm-hmm. it. He'd be fine to drive. What did you guys think of Julia's reaction, though? <laughs> Not that we condone drunk <laughs> driving condone or tipsy drunk. driving, for that matter. Because yeah. because Joel wanted to drive tipsy. No, that is a definite yeah. no. He could have found a spot in the grocery store. They have those lawn chairs. Could have sat down, taken a quick nap, <laughs> the lawn chairs, <laughs> ate his cake, and sobered up. Uh, but that was funny how uh, Crosby, the the probably the best person to run into to help that situation and be like all right yeah i totally Never got your back i'll drive you back and then they had that realization in the car and then yeah the whole cake that yeah. cake looked good and they said it was bad i'm sorry i was like oh that's a wasted cake i liked how he shame. was playing with it the next morning when he's him like and julia were <laughs> talking and he's like yeah i was drunk and then she's asking him how the talk went and everything he's just kind of like picking at it and i was like is he gonna eat it like does he remember that it tasted bad is he gonna try it again and be disappointed or what's going on here yeah. what did you guys think of her reaction though when she was like i'm not mad i'm not mad but when you when people say they're not mad they're mad and oh the, you can tell yeah. you know she's mad but she's I trying her do that yeah but she's trying her best to not overstep her boundaries because in the beginning of the episode she's kind of inserting herself and joel's getting a little peeved already and then then we saw the second time when julia was trying to step in then he just got mad and walked out so i think julia just being the good wife and knowing her knowing her boundaries in her marriage Mm -hmm. she just like stepped away and she was the adult in in that i thought she was gonna flip out i'm proud that she didn't though no but there are some problems brewing. Yeah, because it seems like they need to have an actual conversation because each time it's kind of building up and then Joel, you know, gets to his boiling point, screams something out, and then it's just over. And then you have Julia talking to her dad and just trying to be like, your wife should be heard. You know, we're in this together. We're partners. So, you know, the wife's point matters too. And she should have a say in what things are done how things are done and what's said and mm-hmm. all that so it's clear that she has some things that she should be talking to him about regardless of how mad he gets they need to sit down and actually have this conversation before it's too late because you keep sweeping in under the rug and one day you have like a mound of emotions up. and where does that leave you that's why this show well, is I so told- real mm-hmm. i feel like it's so close to my family <laughs> how it's like, oh, you guys just need to learn how to communicate and then you'll figure it out. Right. But I think every family has that issue and that's yeah. why the show's so relatable. Yeah, and it's happening to everyone. It's even happening to Camille and Zeke. Mm-hmm. And nice transition. <laughs> there you go. Thank <laughs> you. And so they're still on the on the rocky side too because Zeke wants to stay back at home, not go anywhere. Camille wants to sell the house. And we had this realtor 
person just come over, pop pictures. I was so like, is that allowed? Did, did Camille invite her over or did she just show up? Because Zeke I think said Camille, she's back. Yeah. And then Camille kind of was cool with it, but the lady never said, she's like, oh, I should have introduced myself. And I don't know, it was just weird how she kind of came into the picture. Uh, but she was there for a purpose because the realtor said that she just sold a house mm-hmm. that was um, sold for 30% above the asking price. And it was a house not as grandeur as Zeke and Camille's house. So that just pointed, like laid it out that if Zeke and Camille sold their house, they would make a lot of money. Yeah. A lot of money to go travel. I feel bad for Camille. I'm so on team Camille for this whole situation. Especially lately, I've had this like travel bug where I just want to go out and explore. Mm -hmm. And you can tell she's just like, I'm so over being here. We've lived here for so long. And yeah, we have amazing memories, but I haven't even been out of the country. She had a great conversation with Julia about how she felt... And in that scene, there were bacon cookies, and I'm so sad those cookies were never made. They made me extremely hungry. <laughs> there was a lot of sweets that, in this they episode. They were going to be really big cookies, too. That was a yeah, lot of jokes. Yeah, she, she was, was like scooping. She was scooping those things huge. It's like, ooh. Well, so, well, you know, she probably grew up, got used to and conditioned to bake, you know, a whole bunch of cookies for a whole army, yeah. <laughs> having that family. But besides cookies i mean even though they did look good that uh yes so julia was told by camille that they're having problems camille just kind of lets it loose and reveals that little secret that's going on between them and then julia tries to tell zeke about it because camille's afraid that she doesn't have a voice in their relationship anymore what do you think about that that's kind of sad they've been together so long you think camille and zeke would be on the same they would have this same power in a relationship they'd be on the same ground you'd think that but but i can see you know last episode we learned you know that camille didn't get to go see the world zeke's already done that with Mm -hmm. his service you know time and everything so i mean they're just at different places and i i think that zeke will eventually realize that he needs to at least give her a voice and at least even if you're not, even if you don't end up doing it, at least going through the motions. Just listen. Yeah, just yeah. listen. Just go look at the condo. You don't have to like the condo. You don't have to sign the paperwork that day. Just go look at it. He's yeah, too and that doesn't take long. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that and that doesn't take long. You could go to a condo in a half an hour, one hour to check it out. Not even that. Not that I would know. <laughs> but it, I'm I'm sure it doesn't take that long to just check out locations mm-hmm. just to make Camille happy, feel like she has a say in the relationship. But I, I think Zeke is just too bold, and he doesn't want to. He has his foot down hard. Yeah. Very stubborn, very stubborn. When Camille was, you know, kind of venting to Julia about this, in the end of that conversation, she was like, we can't all be perfect like you and Joel. Or she said something about that, and she didn't really open up back about her problems. And yeah. I kind of wanted her to. I'm like, oh, that would have been such a good heart-to-heart for those characters to vent to each other and get advice on how to handle the situations. But, you know, that's kind of how families are. You, if yeah. You're, the, you're yeah. not going to tell your mom everything about your problems with your husband coming home drunk with cake. Like, you don't always do <laughs> yeah. that. No, no. And, the, and the then Julia just found out that her parents aren't really 
great together right now that she the last thing she wants to tell Camille is that oh we're having problems too yeah yeah so I can understand why she kept her mouth shut on that but um and yeah so that that didn't turn out too well not I hope they finally resolve this yeah I hope Zeke just comes through and just compromises a little bit yeah, but I don't want them to go anywhere before they finish that car just because um It's helping it's Victor. It's helping Reed. Victor so much. He was so excited to come over with his grandpa and work on the car and you know, he wasn't ready to leave. So yeah. I really hope that they at least can finish the car before they have to go anywhere. Uh, I think they will. Yeah. Hopefully I mean they might have to start working on it a little bit longer after school just to make up for time, but Mm-hmm. I don't feel like the Bravermans are going anywhere because they're going to want to keep them in all the episodes with that set. <laughs> oh, totally. Yes. So, and we have more about the set later in our news and gossip, so stay tuned. Uh, so uh, Victor's finally reading a little bit better. Carburetor, that's a big word. That is a big word. For a fourth grader. Uh, or, no, he's a fifth grader. Fifth grade, yeah. Yeah, but uh, I... So the car is good and bad. It's helping Victory, but it's a dent in Camille and... Seeks yeah. relationship. So I think once the car is done, everything will be resolved. Victor <laughs> can read, and they're happy. Fix the and then car, they fix sell your life. the car, <laughs> use go. the money to travel, you go, go on vacation without selling the home. Or just we drive the that. car around instead of <laughs> road trip. <laughs> All right, so let's get into Max and Christina. Max is, we see Max, he's going through the halls at his school. Uh, I think he's in high school now. Yeah. Yeah, he All freshman. Yeah. He's freshman. getting older. I was like, wow, he's in high school already. Uh taking photos for the yearbook with his nice film cam that Hank gave him just getting candid snapshots of real moments. And then he ends up taking a photo of a girl who's obviously distraught, crying in the hallways, and the girl gets really upset, be like, "No, leave me alone. This is very rude of you." And Unfortunately for Max, because he's autistic, he doesn't pick up on those social cues. And he doesn't understand social behavior. That's not right. It doesn't get across his mind that that's wrong. So what do you think of that? Do you think Max understands the the seriousness of taking a photo during those bad moments? I don't think he understands the seriousness, but this topic really hits home for me because I... Uh, went to an arts high school where I went to school with a lot of really artistic and creative people that remind me of Max. They're not the normal people you'd meet all the time. And people would do all sorts of crazy artwork, no matter how offensive or whatever it was, just however they feel. And I think it's good to have a creative outlet, whether it's that cookie cutter, whatever everyone else wants for the yearbook or not. I think he should be in some sort of art club, keep doing it. But, yeah, for the yearbook, you don't want your yearbook picture to be of you crying. By the way, the girl crying was not working up the tears enough for me. (laughs) Like, her crying was not good enough for parenthood crying. Like, we do a lot of crying on this show. Oh, yeah, we do. So, she wasn't working it up for me. Not that Max's picture was bad. (laughs) But I think we found out that the girl was upset that the the dog family dog had died. That's yeah. sad. I that mean, I really can understand sad. if you're crying about a loss of a dog. Of course. I get it. I think that Max shouldn't be... I agree that he shouldn't be in a yearbook class just because yearbook isn't going to be the kind of photography that he wants to do anyways. Mm-hmm. The only thing that could have helped me are for the situation... For, I mean, they did say, no, stop taking our picture. 
So that's Next like kept cute. Doing yeah, it. and that's when it went too far like in this situation was because they said no. Everyone else he walked up to, you know, it's like, "Oh, we weren't wearing our lip gloss." And he's like, "I'm just taking yeah. real pictures, you know. You're walking by, snap a picture. Photographers take pictures of people in moments of grief all the time and they're, you know, some of the greatest pictures, you know, that are up in museums and stuff. So I'm not saying that you can't take pictures of strangers, but you know, if someone asks you to stop, then and that's you when kept you, doing yeah, it. Yeah, then that's when you kind of have like to. Like evil paparazzi. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Go away. There's totally paparazzi on yeah. Max's part. So, so he upsets the girl to the point where she gets her parents involved, tells the teacher and, and the principal mm-hmm. that that happened and they want to move Max to layout. On the yearbook, N- taking no more photos, but moving to the layout part, I th- which I actually, if you think on the bright side of it, would be actually good for Max, because one, he can choose whatever photos you use in the yearbook. Because I was on yearbook committee, so I just, <laughs> just know how this happens. You can choose whatever photos you want, and because Max is so good with patterns and visualization, layout is like you fig- you visually figure out where things are placed in it'd be really good for max especially since he's already good at photography he could use that later on also i think the whole yearbook thing just doesn't really fit with him though in general because yearbook's about you know who's popular who got best hair the Mm -hmm. cheerleader pictures all that jazz it's all like it's a popularity contest for people to sign your yearbook to have memories later on in life He's not that kind of guy. I think he needs to be hanging out with Hank, who's also probably autistic <laughs> like him, that gets him. Slight, and slight they can him. just create art together, or he can join an art group or a club. I think working with Hank would be great, and and maybe having a showcase of his work in um, Hank's studio would be good for him, because you know, you'd know you have people who would actually appreciate the, the artistic things elements in his photography or or help hank on his photo shoots yeah you know so he can learn the actual yeah production aspect of it and it was nice to see hank in this episode too even he also kind of agreed with max be like no these are great photos composition the lighting they're all amazing yeah and i don't think it it went through hank's mind that that was wrong too yeah and the only (laughs) one part when we were watching that scene together um hank did not help out at all with you know trying to help ease this information onto max and be like you know what you did was wrong and he's like no it wasn't wasn't. come on you're an adult in this room yeah they're the same they really are the same he would have done the same exact thing Mm mm-hmm so uh, that, I thought that was funny and interesting how they threw Hank in. I'm like, Hank, you're not helping. Yeah, not not in the least bit. And I love Hank's so. character, though. There's always, like, that dry person that just says what they think and whatever they think so is right So deadpan about it. Yeah. yeah. I love it. <laughs> <laughs> and so Christina, like, like, she always does, tries to get herself involved and speak up for Max because Max can't really do that for himself. And Christina's like... Oh no, I'm sorry this all happened. And we actually find out that this happens a lot more often than we think because they mentioned that Max took photos at a basketball game or at some school mm-hmm. game one time and he was on the court when he was not supposed to. So it makes me wonder how many other times and situations this has happened without our knowledge. Yeah, because, um, and then when she was talking with the principal, he said, you know, that the only reason it worked with Max being president was because he was in charge but he had to put out a lot of fires Mm -hmm. and christina's sitting here like why wasn't i 
aware of this. Why, why didn't anyone say anything? And that's kind of, I mean, I understand her point. If people had been telling her that she's thinking that things are going great and that Max is doing good and adjusting well and this is so great for him. And then you have the principal and the teacher being like, actually, it's not because boom, 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 when she should have been made aware of all these situations as they were happening. Do you feel like Christina was a little too intense going back a second time trying to get him on yearbook? I think, like, I think that was think, so Christina. Like, Christina is so, so relentless that she'll do anything to help uh, someone who thinks is being treated unfairly. Yeah. It's very her, but I just... Uh, when moms get too involved and you're in high school, it's mm-hmm. like, oh, you're so annoying. Yeah, like, just drop just... it. Like, you know your kid's weird. And, then <laughs> and bringing... you know he's going to have issues. Yeah, yeah, and then bringing in the principal, like, oh, well, I already talked to the teacher, and he said no, so now you're trying to kind of go around the teacher like, by getting have the a principal campaign there. Campaign to worry about yeah. and all that yeah. other stuff. I was kind of glad we took a break from the campaign. Same here. Week. I was, I was like, too, same much. Thing. too much. We're getting back to the family. Love mm-hmm. it. But so... Christina has the unfortunate news to tell Max that he's got demoted, he's on layout now, and they have a really sad moment at the end of the episode that they're both mad. I think they're more because Max keeps saying, I'm really mad right now, but we've seen Max act out and lash out in anger. I think Max was more hurt than he was mad. Yeah. And they showed that tonight with complete silence. It made him more mature, though. He wasn't throwing a huge tantrum, and it made it have more of an effect. It made it a sadder moment because of it. Yeah, and I think it made the audience realize that this this really does happen to yeah. to anyone. Well, especially Max, because he's autistic, that he, even though he can't fully grasp the, con- the concept of why this is happening, it does happen, mm-hmm. as unfortunate and unfair as it is. I like how Christina was mad with him and sat with him angrily and then she tried to comfort him <laughs> yeah, and, and he was like <laughs> he no. just like moved his leg all quick. Nope. no but all the more real all the more real so of course we can't forget about sarah and ryan and amber tonight so we get sarah being the super duper super <laughs> i don't know who the heck made Ew. her a super i want to know like who thought it was a good idea Sarah's a super i still don't believe it but uh her neighbor carl the lawyer is, right uh is, is he, he a lawyer i think he is i think, yeah, yeah, I think so a sleazy lawyer that sleeps around yeah. and flushes condoms down the toilet exactly uh-huh. oh my god so yeah his toilet's clogged and sarah tries that snake thing doesn't work <laughs> ends up breaking the toilet and gets Ryan to help fix it. But then Sarah and Ryan have a really awkward conversation. Sarah thinks that Ryan's there to um, talk about Amber and where Sarah's stance is. Like, she doesn't... She has all these insecurities about Ryan. And Ryan's just there to fix the toilet. Joel <laughs> sent him over. Yeah. What an awkward moment. So awkward. <laughs> She's like, oh, I didn't know, like, about this, and going on and on about family stuff, and he's like, I'm here for the toilet. (laughs) Which, by the way, that scene, when it first opened, and I saw her holding the snake in front of the toilet, I turned to Deanna, and I was like, this is going to be bad. She's so clumsy. You know it's going to be a scene. Um, And it was. All the more better. I didn't know that there was a snake thing, snake tool to help unclog. I was like, isn't that what plungers are for? I've I've heard of 
you know, oh, we're going to have to snake the drain, but I've never seen anyone attempt it, and I know not to do it on a toilet now. Um, I think we all know. <laughs> not try at home, kids. I know to just call yeah. the plumber as soon as It's the called the plunger, plunger people. <laughs> but they tried the plunger, and it didn't work. Mm. And so that's where she came in with her snake. and Yeah, and they find prophylactics in there condoms oh that that was awkward I mean, that I was even more awkward yeah. and then because carl is over at sarah's place using his her shower because her his bathroom's trash now and she's eyeing <laughs> him well, she gave I'm him not, like a little i think she was kind of checking out but trying to pass it off like no i'm not into you but this is awkward because you're but she shirtless is, in secretly. my apartment yeah. yeah well we know that carl's there for to be the new love interest for Sarah. Or at least flirtatorship right now. Nothing happening Flirtationship. yet. Not yet. But I think their relationship's still awkward now knowing that he flushes condoms down the toilet. But I mean, is that really <laughs> awkward when we think about Sarah and her relationships? I mean, she has some weird relationships. Yeah, she has some weird. Yeah, yeah you know, but... I think that for Sarah it's normal. For everyone else in the world it's kind of like this is awkward knowing this about this guy now. If but. he was perfect, it would be weird for yeah. her. Like, why is he with her? She's so clumsy with Why that does he snake? throw his condoms in the trash can? I know, like it's called the garbage people. people. I mean, gosh, Hiding the evidence. The no, you don't flush it down the toilet. Goodness. But, yeah, and so Ryan fixes it, but Ryan's having some troubles with Sarah, too, because Sarah's questioning it, getting Amber involved, being like, oh, your mother... It's not really trusting me right now. And then they kind of have a little tryst going but on. We, yeah, we almost what? got by without being yeah. too bad. We were <laughs> actually very proud of Ryan because he got angry, but he didn't storm out. He didn't throw anything. Nope. He didn't crash wall a car. Punching. There's no yep. wall punches. So he has grown over the past year of their relationship. It's like, okay, this is where they started out where, you know, you get angry, you storm out, you go get drunk, you crash a car. Now it's you stay here, you're angry, you might be silent, but you're angry and then you end up going and confronting and like just opening up. He's still mm. scary when he's mad though. Yeah, I'm it still kind of like scared like knowing what he's capable capable of. Yes. Is scary. But Ryan, he he was the man and he went up to Sarah at the end of the episode. Sorry. <laughs> at the end of the episode uh saying uh I didn't have any family like yours. That his father died when he was 11. His mom remarried to an a-hole. Who, Six months later. Yeah, really fast. And, like, and not the greatest male figure in his life who kind of condoned corporal punishment when he was still mourning. So having that, we finally get a little bit backstory of Ryan. Mm-hmm. Which makes everything make more sense. Yeah, I'd still like to meet them, but it was nice hearing about them. At least for the moment. Sarah kept saying, you don't have to explain, or something like that. Like, you don't need to have an explanation. It's like, yes, Yes. you do. Mm -hmm. You're complaining and asking (laughs) so many questions all the time. He does need to explain it to you, even though he hates talking about it. Yeah. Yeah. He's answering questions. Yeah. It's like, he shouldn't have to answer them to her, but because Sarah is Sarah... He does have to explain it to her, and she's like, "No, no." She's like, "No, actually, yeah, I have to because your relationship with your daughter isn't getting any better because you're asking these questions." So here it is, all for you. All of them are pretty relentless as a family. Oh yeah, definitely, and especially near the beginning of of the episode when Sarah called Joel, (laughs) and then Joel was like, "What are the boundaries on your sister?" And (laughs) Julia was like, 
her, you just help. <laughs> like, you don't question or set in her. You just help her. Yeah. And when, so um, when Julia and Zeke were talking and Julia starts, you know, going about how, you know, the wife should have a say. And she tells Zeke that Camille told her about the problems. He says that, okay, now you're intruding. I was like, oh, wow. Whoa. Now we're, <laughs> no. now we're trying to set boundaries for the family, Zeke, because All you intrude on everyone and everyone in that family intrudes on everyone else so that whole family yeah. was brought up that way to know everybody else's business exactly it's so. nothing new it's nothing new so i was like why why are you saying that she's being that she's intruding now now you want to set that it's boundary? because he just doesn't want to talk about moving yeah, yeah. and he just is putting his foot down without and he turns it on her you're like nope nope so too bad yeah so but ryan going back to ryan uh he he's finally explains himself and his background and his family and but the thing he says was so sweet and sincere. I'm like, all right, Ryan, you can marry Amber. I give you my permission to be a part of this family. I I love that all she said in response to the whole thing was okay. Lots of okays. There was okay. so many okays in this episode. I want someone. If you have time, if you're bored, drinking game. Many, yeah, drinking game. <laughs> uh-huh. Every time they say okay, take a drink because. In one scene between Crosby, the singer, and Adam, I'm pretty sure in one scene they said it 15 times. It's because there's so much tension going on that people are yelling at each other, and whoever's getting it just has to be like, okay, okay, okay. And I feel like just during the acting, I'm not exactly sure how the production aspects goes, but it feels like a lot of these scenes are just free-flowing, and they just go... And say whatever does come up on their mind. Kind of a little bit of improvisation. Yeah. Like, that's a normal conversation that's just going on. People are going to say okay over and over <laughs> again. So I think that's just the the real acting part. But uh, anything else with this episode? Did we cover everything? I think we did. I think so. Awesome. So let's get into some news and gossip. After Buzz TV News. There we go. So we got, um, I was checking Twitter this whole week from uh, the Parenthood cast, and they had a lot of fun pictures that I'd like to show. If you're not, if you're listening on iTunes, you should definitely check out our website and uh, and also go on YouTube and check out the photos. But we'll post them there. But uh, I just want to read a little bit of the some of the tweets that were sent out by the cast. So uh, the first one. Uh, sent by Dax Shepard uh, on uh, October 22nd. He tweeted out, Amazing race weekend in the Lamborghini that the Super Trofeo Series, the two second place finishes, and he posts a picture of a car. And I guess he drives. Really? Uh-huh. He drives this kind of car and races? I love his hashtags. Yes. Hashtag direct brag, hashtag humblest brag. brag. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> At least he's being honest. Yeah, that, very, he, that he's that totally he's glad that's it's a, right It's now. a pretty sick car, too. That's so. really cool. I want to drive one of those. Uh, and then next we have, I love the conversations that they have on, <laughs> on Twitter. Mae Whitman tweets to Lauren Graham, uh, guys, Lauren Graham is literally the best actor that has ever walked the earth. That is all. And then Lauren Graham replies, to back to May, uh, dear Shirley, I'm nothing without you. Love Laverne. Laverne and Shirley, Aww. it was so great. Cute. And I, I just love the two generations that are going on because May, the way she said it, is like so young, and yeah. then the way Lauren <laughs> said it is like so old school. Like, I I don't know. I find that really cute. 
Um, and then third one from Lauren Graham. She posts a picture of Mae Whitman in like a face mask, obviously posed, reading a Star magazine. And she tweets, Stars, they're just like us. <laughs> so that was really, that's funny. Um, that's and funny. then next we have Sam Jaeger. He tweets, uh, because Parenthood, as we know, shoots on the Universal Live. There it is, yes. Courthouse Square. There's the Courthouse Square where they shoot, uh, where they film the famous Back to the scene, back to the future scene, uh, and so Sam posts a picture of him on a makeshift skateboard. Save the <laughs> clock tower. <laughs> and then also Sam posted a Twitter picture, another one, uh, which I thought was cool because we saw a little bit of the cast, uh, working the lace shift with Dax Shepard, Real Joy Bryant, and Erica. Uh, and the awesome Craig T. Nelson. And it looks like they're in a hotel room yeah. or something, just having fun. Late night shift. That, that seems like a shift everyone would want to work. Yeah. And then we also have awesome set photos from our lovely Danica. So, yes. Danica, why don't you talk about them? So, I just love showing kind of behind-the-scenes stuff because I don't know how you guys feel at home, but I feel like the Bravermans are my real family. Oh, totally. And they live in a real house in Berkeley, <laughs> California. But that is not the case at all. It is so unbelievably fake and you can see in the pictures that we have up you know there's no ceiling I mean most shows there's no ceilings but they just do such a good job on the show with the set decorating it looks like an old house that they grew up in everything's kind of worn out and they have so many little details about the characters like all the books would be things that Zeke read you know all the art is done by uh, Bonnie Bedelia because she paints in real life and she's a painter character on the show as Camille. That's awesome. Uh, so, yeah, it shows just a little bit about the set and really how fake it is. They can get rid of all the walls. They're all wild walls because there's so many family members that they have to squeeze into the scene. So, oh, yeah, definitely. of course, choreographing all of them, too, with the cameraman. So a lot of the walls can be taken out and... I mean, the lighting's great, too. You know, they're having coffee in the kitchen in the morning. It looks like it's 6 a.m. The sun's rising. How so, comfy are the couches? You Have know you what? On Pretty yet? comfy. Pretty <laughs> comfy. I'd love to check out They the seem start, very so. lived in. But I just wanted to share some behind-the-scenes stuff. Thanks That's me, because you. you're, you're eyes magic. and ears. Yeah, <laughs> the actual set. And these are photos of Christina and Adam's house, right? Yes. Yeah, just, Not just a real that. working bathroom. No. <laughs> oh, too bad. Darn. Don't use it. Darn. <laughs> no emergency bathroom breaks there. No. <laughs> and Tiana, you have some news too. Yes, I have some ratings um, news for everyone. So Parenthood um, from last week is up week to week by 8%, which is good. Yay. Nice. Um, and by 5% in total viewers. So 8% in the 18 to 49 um, bracket and 5% in total um, it's also up 30% versus NBC's average in this time period last season. So I forget what show they had running on Thursday nights at 10, but clearly the switch to Thursday nights and them going up against Scandal and stuff, ratings are still doing very good. Um, and from its first half hour to its second, Parenthood maintained 100% of its 18 to 49-year-old demographic, which is very hard to do. That's awesome. Because most people start tuning into other things that have started, so that's really awesome. Good news on the ratings. Um, Peter Cross was on Access Hollywood Live uh, yesterday, I believe it was. Um, he talked a little bit about his relationship with Lauren Graham and how they've been dating for Aww. four years. 
and no one on the cast and crew really knew about it for the first year. Four years? They've been together for four years. Oh, so almost, like, the well, the, almost the whole time. Yeah, the first two seasons, I could kind of sense that something was going on between them during the interviews and everything best, backstage yeah. press and whatnot. And so, but they finally came out. Yeah. Like, officially. So, four years, and he said that, you know, for the first year, they were. It's a private life situation, so we keep it private. And so they didn't really tell anyone that they were working with. So, I mean, I guess, you know, little sneak here and there at craft services, like a, <laughs> a hand graze here. That a, makes it more A fun. subtle eye glance, you know. It's kind of exciting <laughs> and mysterious. I love it. It's romantic um, at the craft service. <laughs> yeah. He also talked about... Um, how they talked about how his character Adam is the perfect father and husband and um, he started talking about his own father who passed away two years ago and it seems like his father had some issues that he had to work through but um, he says that Adam is kind of based or devoted to his father because um, it honors his dad because his dad wanted to be the best husband and father that he could be to his three kids even though it was a struggle for him daily so he kind of does this role thinking of his father. Um, you can check out the whole interview on accesshollywoodlive.com. Uh, Billy Bush also gives him a very awkward hug at the end of the interview. <laughs> it's it's hilarious. And then the last bit of news and gossip I have is from an article article from TV Guide, um, Ask Matt, where Matt Roche answered a, question, a fan question about why we haven't seen Hattie this season and no one has really mentioned her. Um, and so he said that he agrees that Adam and Christina should at least mention her once in a while, especially since Christina's running for office. But one of the reasons we're only going to see her sparingly, if at all, is because of the budget. And few shows that have been on air this long have also have a cast this large. So with yeah. a cast this big and it's been on for this many seasons, there's renegotiations going on of salaries and budgets and whatnot. So... Sometimes you have to kind of give and take. So hopefully we'll get to see a little bit of Hattie with the election coming up. But sadly, she won't be around for long. Uh, I wonder, is it because her character was the easiest to get rid of because she was going off to college? I'm like, why her out of all of them? Yeah, I assume that's probably the easiest. I mean, we already don't see Jabbar you know, as often, you know. Yeah, and but we know Mae Whitman and Sarah Ramos still do hang out together and do yeah. videos. And also, uh, another thing to my news, uh, there was a video that just recently got released last week. Mae Whitman was part of the Rachel Antonoff Spring 2004 Ready to Wear music video. Or oh. n- not music video, sorry. Uh, just a, a video that has... it's. It's kind of made in the drunk history uh, kind of format where they're lip syncing um, a, a funny story that's going on. But but the video consists of uh, a girl and a guy, and they're just recanting the story of how they met and all the crazy friends that are in it. And Mae Whitman is actually in the video. She plays a short college guy <laughs> in the video. Very quirky humor. And she was also the AD. Uh, oh. the, yeah, the first AD uh, on the video, too. And wow. it has a, a few other people um, in the video, too. So, uh, And it was promoting the fashion designer Rachel Antonoff spring collection, it, it, which I didn't realize because uh, every character was wearing the, the, the clothes that she designed, but it was the whole video was based off this uh, story that we're telling. So it was cleverly a way to show off all of the... Oh her fashion line. So uh, we'll tweet out the link 
for that to check out Mae Whitman in that video. It's actually really funny. Oh, <laughs> so. I have to watch that. And then, of course, the last bits of news that we cannot, cannot forget. Uh, Dak Shepard and Kristen Bell are officially married. Yay. So cute. They, they're adorable together. They've been engaged for three years now, and they went to the... Uh, the Beverly Hills County Clerk Office to pick up a license, a marriage license, and they decided to just get married on the spot. So casual. Yeah. I love it. I, I feel like that's what Crosby would do in it's real life. totally a Crosby move. I feel like he is Crosby he in is. real life. Oh, yeah, totally. So, uh, yeah, that's so good for them, and, and they have a child together, and they're all one big happy family. Yay, congrats. So, uh, so that's it for news and gossip. Let's go into some predictions. And now, your After Buzz TV predictions. Okay. Danica, we'll go with you first. All right. So I think that Zeke and Camille are going to have a real conversation about the whole house selling thing. I think that they are not going to sell the house, but Camille is going to get him to go on a fun, adventurous vacation. Or something exciting. Okay. Mm, okay. I like that. Um, I don't know what to predict, so I'm going to let Marissa talk. <laughs> <laughs> well, we see Joel and Julia, their relationship's a little bit rocky, and I hate to say this. Don't say it. I hate to say this. I think there might be a little bit of a separation going to go on, even though... They just adopted a new child into the family. Things are get things are going to get worse before they're going to get better. That's true. For them. And I think Zeke will finally compromise or Camille will just like up and leave for a short amount of time and just go travel on her own. You know what? Go ahead. Do it, girl. Might as well. You don't need no man to go travel with. Do it on your own. Do it on her own. Um, and I think just based off the previews, for next week clearly sarah and ryan's talk didn't last long because sarah's still voicing her (laughs) opinions all over the place and things don't look like they're going too well with the wedding planning so hopefully that was just all a poise to kind of make us think one thing but hopefully everything will work out and sarah will be at her daughter's wedding I have another Sarah prediction. All right, go for I it. think she's going to hook up with that guy that's her tenant. And I think that something awkward's going to happen with Hank and her and that guy. Like, he's going to walk <laughs> in on them or, like, they're going to be on a date. And uh, some weird Hank-Sarah moments will be happening again, hopefully, hopefully. because I want that. There, there's yes, there's so many people to talk about in this amazing show. It's, it could go anywhere. And I want to. We talked about this earlier. I want Max to have a photo show, a gallery opening or something at like Hank's with his work displayed. I think that would be good for Max. All right, so. I think that's it for this episode. Where can everyone find you? You can find me on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook at Danica Kennedy. And you can find me on Twitter and Instagram at Hobson. And you can follow me on Twitter and on Instagram at Serafini TV. You can follow all of us here at AfterBuzz at AfterBuzz TV on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram. And thank you, Phil, for engineering. We will see you next week.
from executive producers Maria Menunos, Kevin Undergaro, Phil Svitek, and the entire AfterBuzz TV staff. We would like to thank you for listening to the AfterBuzz TV network. To watch or listen to other after shows and post comments or questions, be sure to visit AfterBuzzTV.com. I'm Sir Richard Wentworth, and this has been a presentation of AfterBuzz TV. Buzz you later! The views expressed herein are those of the host only and do not necessarily reflect the views of AfterBuzz TV or its owners or principals.